0: First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. I am Chris Jimmerson. I'm the minister for program development here at the church. We are a spiritual community engaged in a free and responsible search for truth, meaning, and beauty, and I welcome all of you here this morning. I I also want to welcome our visitors here this morning. We're so glad you're here. Please join us for coffee and conversation in Housen Hall after the service. We come from a long tradition of seeing a spark of the divine in every person, and it's in that tradition that I invite you to turn to those around you and greet the holy among us this morning.
1: Love is the spirit of the church and service is its law. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace and to help one another.
2: Today's call to worship is Come, Come by Rumi. Come, come, whoever you are. Come with your hurts, your imperfections, your places that you feel raw and exposed. Come, come, whoever you are. Come with your strengths that the world shudders to hold. Come with your wild imaginings of a better world. Come with your hopes that it seems no one wants to hear. Wanderer, worshiper, lover of leaving, We will make a place for you. We will build a home together. Ours is no caravan of despair. We walk together. Come, yet again, come.
0: Unitarian Universalism is a pluralistic faith. We draw from all of the world's wisdom and religious traditions. We don't have a common set of beliefs that we all sign on to. So sometimes people ask us, well, then, what holds you together? Well, we have a set of principles that hold us together. We have a set of shared values that hold us together, and out of those values arose our mission. We put it on our wall, and we say it together every Sunday. We gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice.
3: This reading is The Mosaic Makers by Alicia Ford. You are mosaic makers, practitioners of justice, called to respond to brokenness in the world, restoring beauty by joining in solidarity with the least of these, the poor, the undocumented, the wrongly persecuted because of sex or gender identity or race. You, mosaic makers, practitioners of justice, will minister to each other, For this ministry needs your energy, your passion, your hands in order to thrive. It needs your wildly beating heart to animate its spirit. Being mosaic makers isn't easy. The pieces can be so tiny, it's difficult to see the whole picture. You always risk making a mistake and needing to undo. You will have moments of dis-ease, of needing to apologize, make amends, restore your covenant you will have moments of fatigue. Share leadership. Invite others to share this vision and co-create with you. You, mosaic makers, practitioners of justice, your work is an act of gratitude for those who came before and for that which is yet to be. How blessed you are. How blessed we are to be in this together.
0: Now is the time in our service where we breathe together Breathing together, feeling one another's presence as we breathe together, we follow our breath to a deeper place inside, a place of greater wisdom, a place where we welcome the differences in others and value those differences, a sacred place, a place of Comfort and challenge. And breathing together, we enter a moment of silence together, remembering that in this congregation, the sound of small children are a part of the sacred silence. Breathing together, let us enter that
4: silence together.
5: Good
0: morning and welcome to First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin's Spring into Action show. Our topic this time is welcoming, and I'm your host, Reverend Chris. Now, let's meet our Spring into Action leadership team and our panel. She's the chair of the Social Action Council, chair of our Spring into Action team, and a member of the Transformation Through Service team, Wendy Erisman. He's a co-facilitator of our White Allies for Racial Equity group, a high school class advisor, our social justice outreach coordinator, and a member of our board of trustees, Scott Butkey. <laughs> Co-chair of our Alphabet Soup group, an usher, and a member of our People of Color group, Tomas Medina. chair of our Inside Amigos Immigration Rights Group, and a, and a member of the Austin Sanctuary Network, as well as the board of our Texas Unitarian Universalist Justice Ministry, Peggy Martin. <laughs> Besides serving on our Spring into Action team, he helps out in our faith development activities and classes, and is known to many of our children as Zoe's dad. <laughs> Joe milam Cass. Now, let's jump right into our first question, which is for you, Wendy. Could you tell us a little bit about how welcoming came to be the topic for this year's Spring Into Action, and describe the kind of events related to it that have been going on this month?
5: Sure,
3: Chris. So, most of you know that Spring Into Action is our April theme, where we pick a topic and then have various church ministries sponsor activities, social activities, educational activities, volunteer activities around that theme. This year, the theme was welcoming, and it came about because most of us up here were in a class last year called Living the Welcoming Congregation. That class was primarily about uh, welcoming LGBT individuals to our church, but we thought that the approach that was taken in the class was really applicable to welcoming anyone. We liked the fact that it talked about welcoming as individuals, as a congregation, and as a community, and we wanted to take the time to think more about that. So we had a lot of great activities this month. We had book groups, we had workshops, public affairs forums, volunteer activities, and last night we had a fantastic welcoming potluck with our new members.
0: Wonderful. That sounds like some really great things have been happening, Wendy. Thank you. Peggy, I understand you had a few surprises come up for you during our welcoming activities. Can you please tell us about a couple of those?
5: Yes, I did. Uh, Most of the congregation knows that I work quite a bit in the immigrant community and also with Black Lives Matter, and uh, I was completely taken aback by a uh, a panel discussion that we had with three members, three uh, people of color who talked at one of our public affairs forums. And... It surprised me, and I probably should have known this, but I really did not realize the disparity in the ability of people of color to access health care, particularly when it comes to moms. Um, One of the speakers was a midwife, Paola Rojas, and she said that, for one thing, we have a much bigger percentage of midwives in Austin than most other cities across the nation. I thought that sounded good, but I found out the reason for it is because many moms, particularly people of color, can't afford to go to the hospital. It gets worse for those who are poor enough to qualify for Medicaid because oftentimes when they go to the hospital to deliver their babies, doctors are performing unnecessary cesareans. They're doing this because... A hospital is reimbursed $500 for each vaginal birth that can take as much as 20 hours of time. But they get $4,500 when they do a cesarean, which is quicker and easier on the doctor and obviously takes a lot more time for moms to recover from. Cesareans are great when they're needed. But for me to learn that in my city here in Austin that they are doing this out of convenience doing it with a profit motive it's just another area of profit over people it disgusts me now the good news is as paola works with mama sana a health clinic in east austin and they've been doing some lobbying of their, the the in fact, all three of the panelists are a part of a committee that's helping the new education hospital to be more welcoming. And Paula has assured me that if they plan some actions or something with our city council, that she'll reach out to me and I can reach out to our community to jump in and help move our council. So obviously I think we need to do this to make Austin a more welcoming city. So while that addresses our city, I also had another personal concern because of something I had run into, and uh, I was really excited to learn that our high school youth offered a class to teach us about how to be more welcoming to our LGBT community. Now, I I have a couple of trans friends, and it was obvious to me, I mean, it's so easy to show respect and call them by the pronoun that they identify with, Um, particularly those when I've known them before, but... um, As simple as that is, I found myself in another situation sometimes where I would be in the community, I would be in a bigger setting, and I wasn't sure if they were, what I was seeing is a gender-fluid person, and I wasn't sure if they were a he or a she, and um, I just felt awkward. This really came to light one time when I was teaching a class, and we did a breakout, well, it's a, a lecture I do, I talk about. Civil disobedience. Imagine that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not you, Peggy.
5: (laughs) uh, But we do these breakout sessions of our big group. And so I didn't know the people personally. And one time this person had spoken up. And then I was referring to the person. And I was like, they just said da-da-da. How does that make you feel? It was kind of awkward to ask somebody about how they feel when I was the one feeling awkward. So I asked the teens about this. And they said it's actually perfectly fine to call someone a they when they, when you don't know and in a public setting. Now, in a more private setting, it's also becoming, even when we meet people, it can be commonplace to just say, what pronoun do you like to go by? So that helped me a lot. I I have to admit, the they thing is a little awkward for me. Uh, It's probably challenging because I'm a retired writing teacher, and it's different (laughs) for me to use a plural pronoun for an individual. But I can do this, and I was particularly excited to learn from our youth.
0: Great. Thank you, Peggy. Zoe's dad. How about you? What's something that surprised you about welcoming during this year's Spring into Action Month?
4: I think the biggest pleasant surprise was the uh, breadth of activities that we were able to accomplish. As Wendy said earlier, this this whole idea started with one uh, RE class last year, and in that year's time, we've been able to reach out to pretty much every uh, corner and and group in the church and have had a wonderful response. Um, I was uh, quite pleased when uh, Wendy showed us the calendar for the first time with just the amount of activities and also the variety of of groups that, that came forward and got involved. You know, everyone from our ministerial team to the youth that, that Peggy mentioned, as well as many of our groups, um, Fred Knight, uh, the wonderful potluck that we had last night. So to to, to to see something grow like that, I think, and and realize that it is important um, on the individual, the congregation, and the community level, and to see people uh, express that this past month has, has just been amazing.
0: That's great. Thank you. Sounds like a great success and a lot of great learning going on. Scott, what are some things
1: you and others that you were with learned about in the spring into action? I learned about how the UUA is involved with the United Nations. I had no idea that was the case, and I thought that was really um, cool and impressive. Uh, I also learned through the uh, two of the events we had about racism, just how much energy and excitement many of our members have. Um, And we're hoping to have others join us. But just the amount of uh, energy and excitement, despite some of them having been doing this tough work on ourselves for some of us over two years, and to still have so much excitement and enthusiasm about changing things is inspiring.
2: Terrific. Thanks, Scott.
0: And how about you, Tomas? What were some of your takeaways?
2: I'd say that I had three major takeaways. The first was that being welcoming is really all about the person being welcomed. It's not about the person doing the welcoming. And what I mean by that is that the person doing the welcoming really needs to be sensitive to how the person being welcomed likes to feel welcomed. And that came to light in um, a couple of discussions I had with people of color. And one woman said that when she's in a house and hall, she actually feels um, a bit besieged because so many people approach her and grill her with questions that she feels like she's being uh, barraged. On the other hand, another woman who also as I mentioned is a person of color said when she's in House and Hall, she feels like people don't avoid it, don't approach her, and so she has the exact opposite uh, sense, mm-hmm. so I think you really need to be sensitive to each individual's desires on how to be welcomed and On a related note, welcoming can really be a kind of tricky. Not so so much tricky, but a balancing act. So we had a a trans woman, Anna Wynn, who's the president of PFLAG, which is Parents and Friends of Lesbians and Gays Austin, come speak to us at a public affairs forum. And what she said was that in making the LGBT folks who identify as LGBT feel welcome and supported... It's great to ask them questions so that you can understand what they're going through, where we, what we where we're coming from, et cetera. On the other hand, some questions are just inappropriate, and you need to ask. You need it. You might want to ask yourself before you ask a question to someone who's of a different background than yourself: Is that a question that I would feel comfortable answer, answering? And is it a question that um, I would ask someone that wasn't of that background? And then finally, the other thing I uh, thought about during this month was about welcoming being not just about using the words you're welcome, but actually doing the work. So it's not just talking the talk, it's walking the walk. And that came to mind as I took part in an activity of cleaning the drop in house for out youth called the Out Youth House. And as I was cleaning it with other members of the congregation, it reminded me of the fact that when I invite people to my house, one of the first things I do is make sure my house is in order and that it's clean and that (laughs) the people will feel welcome coming there. And I think there's a lesson there for us as a church and as as a greater faith community that we can't just say we welcome people from diverse backgrounds. We have to do the work so that when they show up, they do actually feel welcomed And I'm not sure what that means exactly, but I am glad that we're talking about it as a church and as a bigger faith community.
0: Thank you, Tomas. Those are some great insights. (laughs) As a follow-up for you, Scott, do you think the issues tackled this month are ones that can
1: be solved quickly and easily, or will it take some time? Well, the work I'm most excited about and doing here and focus on is the anti-racism work, which obviously is not going to happen overnight or in a month. It's going to take years. Um, we now have a core group of people who have been attending the classes we do for the white allies, um, for a racial equity group. And what we really need next is to get others from the church involved, um, so other people who want willing to learn about their their whiteness, their privilege, et cetera. Um, while it's great we had so much excitement this month, we also had at least two events where we had less than ten people, and we're going to need to get more people involved if we're going to make a big difference here.
0: Great, thank you, Scott. I have one more question that I'll just throw to the entire panel, um, and then I think we can take a couple of questions from our sanctuary audience. <laughs> Related to what Scott was just discussing, I wonder if one of you could talk about what you think the difference between being welcoming and never making anyone uncomfortable might be.
3: I'd be happy to speak to that, Chris. <laughs> I don't think that being welcome is exactly the same as being comfortable. I think that being welcome is, for me, feeling valued, feeling wanted, feeling that people are happy I'm present. And this question really makes me think about having a holiday dinner with my relatives. I know that I'm welcome. I know they want me there, that they're happy to see me. But at the same time, the dinner conversation might not always be comfortable. We sometimes disagree. Sometimes people ask tough questions. But at the end of the day, we know we care about each other and that we'll be happy to see each other again the next time we get together. And I think that's even more important for a church community like ours. I think people come to the UU community not just to be comfortable but to be challenged as well and to think about challenging issues and and, uh, not just to always feel perfectly safe and comfortable. So I do think that there's a difference.
1: Thank you. embracing others completely no matter any differences between you versus tolerating others. One is doing your minimum, and one is being real.
0: Thank you both. Thank you for that insight. And now I'd like to see if anyone would like to ask a question. How about right here? Here is a microphone, and here is your question.
5: After all the spring into action activities this month... How would you define welcoming, and how has that changed for you over the month? Thank you, Catherine. Great question. <laughs> Chris is a phenomenal writer, isn't he? <laughs> um, for me, uh, for one thing, I'm super excited that we spent this time to be more intentional about welcoming because I kind of take welcoming for granted. I greet people. I enjoy talking to a lot of people but by being intentional this month it definitely put me more in touch with how much of an extrovert i am and the reality that i think a majority of introverts are attracted to the unitarian universalist faith <laughs> <laughs> and and it actually becomes almost a sacred experience for me to step back to be quiet to listen to ask questions, it's really easy for me at the social action table, oh, let me tell you about this, and let me tell you about that, and oh, I'm so excited because we're doing so many great things, but the reality is just to sit back and ask, oh, wow, so what brought you to this church, and hear what They care about what they're interested in, and sometimes I'm able to actually connect them with projects that they can do. And I also respect the fact that some people are just stepping in. They just want to hear the sermon. You know, we come from different backgrounds and give everyone time to do things in their their own way.
0: Great. Thank you, Peggy. I'm getting the sense that this gentleman right here would like to ask a question.
1: I've been thinking about this question for a long time. <laughs> How would you describe being welcoming as a spiritual value and practice?
2: I would like to take that question. <laughs> so, as I went through the month of of um, of going through the welcoming activities here, It dawned on me, as Peggy has mentioned, that being welcoming is really an intentional act. And for me, a spiritual practice is an act that you do intentionally and with regularity in order to connect with something bigger than yourself. And for me, when you welcome someone, you make them feel valued and make them aware that what they bring to the table in a situation is important and valuable. And that's something bigger than myself. So when I practice being welcoming on a regular basis, it's a spiritual practice. And as with any spiritual practice, I'm never going to be perfect at it. It's a practice. And I also mentioned that uh, being welcoming can be tricky. And I think we all need to be generous with ourselves and realize that if we fail, it's because we're, we're, we're trying. And to not let that stop us, but just to get right back on our welcoming horse and continue <laughs> and continue welcoming. Great. Thank you so
0: much, Tomas. And I want to thank our entire panel for this invaluable learning as well as for leading our spring into action campaign this year. Thank you all very much. <laughs> As you have just heard, becoming more and more welcoming is a part of our spiritual journey here at First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We've begun a great conversation that we will continue into our future. If you're visiting with us this morning, we'd love to hear about your experiences so far, if you're comfortable sharing them with me or another one of our panel members. It's great that we've begun this conversation because it means that we, each of you, Wants this to be a welcoming place where so many might join us in that free search for truth, meaning, and beauty in which we are engaged. May we walk that journey together in the ways of love. May we invite more and more folks of goodwill to join us in this, our sacred journey. Amen.
5: Now I'll lead us in our closing statement. Uh, It's in your order of service. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth. The warmth of community or the fire of commitment, these we hold in our hearts until
0: we are together again. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.